<clears throat> As king of the pod, I hereby declare that the guests this week must make the homage to the pod pool in order to be deemed right and honourable guests. To the pod pool further afield, listening in the comfort of their bedchambers, you, Lucy Atchison and Amy Joy, whom sit before me, recite after your pod arc. Me. I swear, but a swear word that is not the C word. Our mothers were not impressed. I swear, I swear but a swear word that is not the C word. Our mother. Our <laughs> <laughs> That I will pay true pod allegiance to your podesty. That I will pay true pod allegiance to your podesty. And to your Tom Lowe's and Samaya Ali's according to law. And to your Tom Lowe's and Samaya Ali's according to law. Fuck, let me just stop the music again. Um, but not law Adam has had any involvement in because he failed his law exam. But not law Adam has had any involvement in because he failed his law exam. I, spread, I swear to spread the word of the pod far and wide. I swear to spread the word of the pod far and wide. Even to unreachable places like Europe without a visa. Even to unreachable places like Europe without a visa. Praise Brexit. So help me pod. So help me pod. God save the pod. God, God save, save the, the pod. pod. <laughs> that is a disgrace. You're reassured, I'm reassured. Not another Mistakes one. were made. Pepper Pig World. Thinks he's Obi-Wan Kenobi. The truth is he's Jabba the Hutt. He lived rent free in his head. Tofu eating, woke karate. Order. Hello, welcome back to Any Politics. I'm, I'm joined by Emily. As per... Every week. That's for every week. And Lucy's back. Hello. She's returned. Good day. And we've got a new guest on today's show. We've got we've got Amy Joy on for the first time. Hello, Amy. How are you? I'm good, thanks you. I'm I'm wonderful, thank you. No one ever asked me how I am. Oh, get a grip! Like that one. It's nice to be asked. Uh, How's everyone's uni going at the moment? How's how's exam season? Don't ask. Let's not. I'm writing a critical theory essay Ooh. which is an analysis of taylor swift and her oh, breakup wow. so wow. it's going pretty good that it sounds, has to be said at least the diss is done as well yeah the diss is done Congratulations on the diss thank you done. thank you thank you Incredible. how are your essays going amy um, i have done one kind of i'm making my way through the other but i have not started revising for my six exams so six it's a exams. Exams. that's six why you exams. don't take languages guys wow. this is a lesson to don't all. do languages don't yeah do there languages. we go yeah wow Six exams. I've only got two and I'm complaining about uh, them constantly. Yeah. Um, constantly. Six, six exams, three in person, so vibes. In person? Are they yeah. orals? One oral wow. and two written. Naughty. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So, <laughs> to get into this week's show, uh, there's a couple of things we need to mention before we get started, which is number one, Emily's dad's going into a knee operation. Oh no, he will oh. have had it by the time He will have had it by the time we're hearing this, but tomorrow Hopefully for us, fine. the God 4th bless of May. Emily's dad. Um, good luck, so good Emily's luck, dad. Luck, he's Simon. very stressed, he'll fine. but he'll be all right. And by the time you're hearing this, you'll, you'll be he'll absolutely fine. He'll have a brand fine, new so knee. Look at that. It'll be, it'll be needlessly... Mm-hmm. The concern will be needless. There you go. Excellent. Right. Um, and, and the other story is the local elections are happening. Uh, they will have happened yesterday when you're hearing this, uh, if you're listening on Friday. Uh, so we, won't, we don't know the results, but um, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. And it'll be the first opportunity we can see how voter ID affects turnout. But obviously, there'll be quite a low turnout on these elections anyway. Um, yeah. Lots of people are kind of saying that these results will tell us who will win the general election next year. This is a bit dodgy as a, as a kind of metric because turnout in local elections is quite different. And often people in the local elections vote 
in different ways than they would in general elections and also the way that they're decided is all different so it's a slightly weird way but you can get a general sense of popularity of parties so if Labour Party do a massive swing it probably means that they're on track I think it'll show I think it's more likely to show kind of um like unhappiness towards the conservatives more than anything else I think if the conservatives do very badly it it, that is more a sign of Mm. how people are viewing them and you'll then. get a lot more likely Liberal Democrat wins in this than you yeah, would in, yeah. in the general election, for example. Yeah, so. and also because people don't tend to go and vote in local elections, it's the it's the hardcore politics fans. So yeah, like smaller parties do mm. better. Are we hardcore politics fans? Do we count? Right. Are you, <laughs> are you aware of what we are doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, what's this? Um, right, so onto the kind of, there's a few main stories today. I haven't laid out the show. Uh, we're going to talk about Starmer and uh, his going back on another commitment and then talk about him in general and why I've got some problems with him. And then Amy's going to talk to us about Sudan. And then we're going to talk about the big story of the week is the coronation. And we're going to talk about it and the monarchy itself, King Charles and all that stuff. And then at the end of today's show, I have a game. Um, but yeah, so to jump in to, uh, to Starmer, uh, he... I've called it in my notes, Starmer and the phantom tuition fees. So when he first became leader, he promised he would scrap tuition fees and said and said he would have it in a manifesto. This is in March 2020. And then he has now moved away from that commitment. Uh, this follows a bunch of flip-flopping and a lack of backbone on key Labour Party policies. Uh, and I just kind of wanted to bring this issue up because I think there's, a, there's an... I'm annoyed at the Labour Party in general at the moment because basically everything that Keir Starmer said to get the membership vote, in which I am a member of the Labour Party, mm. I voted. I didn't actually vote for Keir Starmer. He was my second choice in the, in the way that those elections worked. There were three candidates, Lisa Nandy, Keir Starmer, and was Wait. it Rebecca Long-Bailey? She, oh, was, yeah. she was like the Corbyn continuity oh, candidate yes, I remember in, that, this, in those yes. elections. Um, but I voted for Lisa Nandy and then Keir Starmer, but all the promises he made in that campaign about like scrapping tuition fees about like uh, he was kind of pro rejoining the single market at the time he's kind of flip-flopped and changed those positions so so tuition fees is obviously quite a big Mm. uh, issue for us because we're all students and it is something that has an impact on on people kind of it it puts people off going to university and and it and there there is massive amount of money and it's like it is it is a massive thing, and the and the Labour Party have always been kind of pro lower tuition fees, and then they were pro scrapping them yeah. in general. And so Keir Starmer has now said that he's moved on from that commitment of scrapping tuition fees, and um, he just it's another example of Keir Starmer saying one thing and then waiting a bit and going back on it and just changing his mind and, and trying to have every single opinion, but also yeah. having no opinion. And it's just it is quite frustrating because it's it's. It is the point of what do the Labour Party even stand for anymore? He literally what? just has no backbone. Like it's yeah. so painful. But then he does have a backbone. But then he doesn't. But then he does. But yeah. it's like, but does he? I don't know. And it's 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 kind of annoying. So they're trying to be the the the, the party that's the opposite of the, the Conservative Party to win the election. But the thing is, like yeah. at the moment, what what is the difference between them? Because mm. they're not going to go back on tuition fees. They're they're as we're going to talk about their policy on Rwanda is kind of. I think they would probably try and continue the policy. They haven't said that it's morally outrageous that we're trying to deport these desperate people away uh brexit he's trying to make brexit work in quotes like he's that their positions are like a kind of 
the Conservative Party has gone like back to the Miliband style of we're just going to soften the right wing policies and you know basically you're going to have a competent right wing government that are doing all the same things. I don't know. It's just really frustrating because when he was running for for um, for Labour leadership, he had to try and win over the membership and the membership are quite left wing because it's a left wing party. So he made all these commitments to electoral reform. He made the commitments to to uh, like tuition fee scrapping. He made commitments to like potentially nationalizing railways and stuff like that and like kind of kept this, all this going on. And you're like, oh wow, he's gonna be a Labour leader who's kind of center left, more Blairite, not as far left as Corbyn, but he's gonna try and advocate and he's a sensible man who's, you know, he's been a lawyer for the Crown Prosecution Service. He's he's a good person and he's gonna be able to get all these you know, proper left-wing policies done. And now he's just flip-flopping all of them. And I th- you have no idea where they stand anymore. I think there's a element of like the Conservative Party don't have a long-term plan because everything keeps becoming a shit show out of, uh, not out of the blue, but like COVID and things like that. They've had to deal with the issues as they come. So I think there's no incentive really for the Labour Party to have a long-term plan either because their their opposition is such a mess. But then the problem is he spent however many years, what, like three years now, just kind of letting the Conservatives kind of erupt amongst themselves it's like okay Keir when are you actually gonna have a plan have some stability have some kind of predictability about you and your party and just actually have something that you stand for that isn't going to change in the next few weeks yeah when when there's some criticism mm-hmm. and there's know. some like if you know if the genesis of the Labour Party is is they've kind of been founded out of the trade union movement so the kind of least you'd expect them to do is support strikers and support increasing public sector pay you know funding the NHS all of that but he doesn't support uh, the pay raises for nurses even though they're eminently reasonable because basically the nurses have experienced a real-term pay cut because of um, inflation and the lack of in pay increase and a pay freeze that imposed by the Tory government over the last 13 years but he has he said that he don't think he doesn't think that they can afford to, to pay these public sector workers the, the pay increase that they're asking for. And it's like, at some point, there's literally no point in the Labour Party being this, like, because what are they standing for? They, they don't seem to have any positions. They're just trying to be a blank slate for anyone to be able to say, the Tories are in chaos, uh, let's vote for the Labour Party, because... Um, they are the better option, they're the more sensible option, but then they actually don't seem to have any positions to stand for. And there's also some some really abhorrent positions that this Labour Party are kind of, in this 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 kind of blank slate of Starmer and kind of not really saying anything, but uh, also not doing anything, shows up in this issue of transgender rights. So there's a Labour MP called Rosie Duffield, who remains a whipped member of the Labour Party, despite numerous transphobic comments and attacks on transgender individuals, including Eddie Izzard, who ran as a Labour MP in Sheffield, in one of the Sheffield constituencies. And Le- Le- Rosie Duffield has said numerous comments about uh, Eddie Izzard and how they should, like, they and just anti-trans in general. And they are still a whip member of the Labour Party. He hasn't kicked out this member of the Labour Party, but he's still... It's just sweeping more and more of these issues just under the rug going, I'll deal with that another time. And then it's like, well, when is this other time? Exactly. And the thing is, the Labour Party, you know, he's... What, what was his quote? He stands for equality and respect and tolerance is what he said mm, is in his okay. manifesto that he should be... That the Labour yeah, Party stand backs. for it. But exactly, and he's not standing for it. But when it comes to anti-Semitism, we've talked about last week's show, he's very, very quick to kick Diane Abbott out of the party. And it's just that this, he seems that these different types of discrimination... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it feels like he's also kind of... He's assessing what the media is going to erupt over the most and then just... Mm. And just um, acting harshly or, or with an, a strong stance on the things that will make him look bad. Whereas, like, the Rosie Duffield stuff... There, there is not that much about it floating around and 
so it is easy for him to just ignore it because he's not going to face any criticism. Whereas Diane Abbott is a well-known figure. As soon as she does, she fucks up. He, he has to do something. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like he's not fighting for anyone right now, I think is a bit that's frustrating because he's supposed to, like, you know, he doesn't, he's supposed to be fighting for the working class people, but he's not supporting the, the trade unions and they're, they're, they're incre- like they're wanting to increase their public sector pay. He's not fighting for transgender individuals and LGBTQ community but because members of his party sub- openly support anti-trans ideologies and he's, they remain whipped members of the party. He's not supporting the opposite position on Brexit, which is how, you know, the, lots of the people people who've wanted to remain and want a closer relationship with the European Union or are voting Labour now. And he's not supporting international law in uh, being really anti the Rwanda deportations. And he probably would, like he he keeps saying that we shouldn't do it if it's illegal, but he's not arguing on the fact that how fucking immoral it is to deport desperate people to a country with a, a, you know, a rough human rights record. He's not fighting for anyone at this point. And then there's, it gets so frustrating because again, I'm a member of the Labour Party and I really think that, you know, every, the system, I, I would prefer a Labour government right now, but I don't particularly want him to be Prime Minister because what the fuck is he standing for at this point? He's not advocating. It's, sorry, no, it's, sorry. you know how we were saying last week about Joe Biden and mm. um, Trump yeah. and it's just, it's anyone but Trump kind of thing. Yeah. That's very much the, what Keir Starmer's going for is ev- anyone but the Conservatives and he's banking on the fact that people people's hatred of the Conservatives means that they will vote for him, which is probable, but yeah. it's not an election winner. Mm-hmm. It's not going to give him a majority in Parliament. It's It feels quite kind of lazy and like... Yeah, what does he what does he even do day to day? Do you think, like... <laughs> does he wake up and is like, oh, I'm just going to mooch about? Like... I love a mooch, but <laughs> he's the ultimate moocher. He yeah. definitely uh, sits doing crosswords in the morning. Yeah. Definitely one of those, picks up a paper and does a crossword in the morning, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I just, I find that kind of, you have to stand for something in politics. And I, 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 when I, when he first got into this position, I, was, I had a bit of respect for him trying to kind of like uh, find his feet and like broadly just yeah, support, give him, give like him change time. the direction of the Labour Party. But the thing is, he's been in power, you know, he's been in power in the Labour Party for th- over three years now. That is mental. There are no policies yet. Yeah. No one knows what they stand for. All they are is they're somehow not the Conservatives. But if you try to point out a difference between them, even people who pay attention to politics, like me, when, when me and Emily were prepping the show last night, I think we had a moment of what are their actual policies? We have no idea. And I we I was Googling it every week. We I talk put, about it on this I show put every into week. I Google Labour Party policies 2023 <laughs> and Google was whirring. It exactly. was like, I don't know. And then it <laughs> no was like, idea. it was like five pledges Keir Starmer has made. And it was, it was just the most pathetic, like, oh, we'll, we'll be a net zero country at some point. And mm. it's like, great well done yeah. and even the, the, the very f- and this is a kind of whole point of the section to round it out is the whole point is that he said these, the few pledges we had from him and like scrapping tuition fees he's going back on so what does he actually yeah. stand for there's no there's no basis of policy no foundation of policy and the thing is there's nothing we can do about it because he's the other option and the thing is in our system which is makes it slightly better than America is that in our like you know most people listening to this are not in Keir Starmer's seat so they're not actually directly voting for him so if you were to vote Labour in a general election you'd be voting for your local MP and your candidate so it's not like you're not directly supporting uh, Keir Starmer in the way that if you were in America you'd, you'd vote for Joe yeah. Biden over Donald Trump but he would still become Prime Minister and this ideology of kind of or would just be a blank canvas and a blank slate for everyone to vote for, you know, to project their ideals onto 
would would then be in charge of the, gov- the country. And the, the problem is, they have the only other option. It's them or the Conservatives. Also, in a country where the Conservatives are just so chaotic, the way to really just set yourself aside as competent um, opposition would be to have clear policies and yeah. show that you're going to run the country in a way that's the opposite to what they're doing now. Yeah. But instead, he's just It would be so easy for him to make the Labour Party exactly. look competent when you're comparing it to the other side. That's the thing. That you he used to work for the prosecution side. Exactly. It's like he knows how this whole thing works. You can be competent and advocating for things yeah. at the same time. You can be, but in fact, I think he looks rather incompetent that they don't seem to have a policy and none of the fucking shadow cabinet can say on any news shows what the policy is and they all seem to not have any idea and there's, brief, like, it's just, it's a, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. But, but he was buying people 99s in Blackpool over the weekend. <laughs> so I think... He's all right. He's an all right yeah. lad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on the pod, buy us an ice cream and um, we'll change yeah, our minds. Exactly. Um, right, so on to more depressing news. Uh, Amy, what's been happening in Sudan? Sudan. So I am no expert, but from what I have gathered, there is essentially a clash between the army and paramilitary forces in Sudan. This is the first clash since these groups formed an alliance in 2019, but it has come from a long tussle for power. So the main players are the Sudanese army led by General Abdel Fattah el-Burhan, who has been the country's president since a military coup in October 2021. Paramilitary group RSF Rapid Support Forces. So these guys were partners and they came together to oust the former leader Omar al-Bashir, who we all know, but they have been in long running disagreements over how the country should be run. Recent violence has erupted out of tensions over the transition from military to civilian rule. Um, So the fighting is mainly happening in the capital Khartoum, with both sides accusing the other of initiating attacks. Um, And yeah, all the civilians are basically caught up in the fighting. The UK says it has evacuated nearly 2,000 people, which is the largest evacuation from the country by a Western nation, according to the Foreign Commonwealth Office. Um, So yeah, there's lots and lots of issues with this. Sudan and neighboring countries are desperately running out of supplies and no one's really helping. Um, The evacuation of diplomats means that embassies are closed, which means that a lot of people with passports stuck in the embassies are stuck in Sudan, so Mm. they can't leave because they don't have their passports. And people are saying that they're calling the embassy and no one's answering the phone. Um, The UK extradition is also very, very strict. There's been lots of reports of Sudanese citizens with visas being denied passage. So like they have visas to come into the UK, but they're not British citizens, so they're not being allowed to come. Um, Family members of British British citizens, including children, have been denied passage onto the planes, even though many of the flights taking off are not full. So, yeah. Wow. It kind of furthers the, the like, this is Suella Braverman's kind of, like, yeah. anti-immigration thing, even when it's British citizens and they're trying to leave a war zone. This is this, this disregard for people in desperate need of just safety. It's and just so inhumane. Yeah. Like, there are planes, there are seats, there are, like, I mean, everyone should be allowed to leave, but there are children, there are elderly who mm. have no one else. And... There is just no empathy for the yeah. situation. And even, like, as it says in these notes, British citizens are being denied yeah. that. And it's it's like even, you know, I think uh, uh, not allowing someone, just be- even though they aren't a British citizenship, is obviously morally wrong as mm-hmm. well. But someone with a British citizenship, what's the fucking excuse mm-hmm. at this point? Like, is this just absolutely abhorrent? It reminds me of the Afghanistan withdrawal mm-hmm. and how botched that was. And obviously it was Dominic Raab was the Foreign Secretary the at the time. The sea was closed. The sea was closed. Um, and it's just the way that we don't, 
care about like these people in desperate need, especially you know, like for example, in the in the Afghanistan withdrawal, and I think we only got eleven percent of translators mm-hmm. out oh, and wow. during the time, and these people. You know, they were working with the British military and they're working with the American military. And then when, they have, when the Taliban took over, uh, they, their lives are very much in danger because the Taliban are not very mm. pro-British and American forces. And we, like, it's not a massive jump to say that quite a few of them will have died. And it's, mm. it's due to this government's neglect of not getting them out in time. And it's, it's, <laughs> this is a similar situation, whereas lots of these people who are being denied will probably die. And yeah. it's, it's absolutely fucking abhorrent that we are not doing more. And we should be doing more for everyone, not just British citizens, not just people with visas. But the fact that we are also not letting those people in as well, it's just, it's fucking awful. It's just, it's terrible. And like, I don't really know how yeah. to, where to go. There's not much to... Yeah. I also think obviously diplomats have to be evacuated, but it is a basic responsibility to ensure that you are leaving things in a state where other people are just not totally stranded. Mm. But again, they just don't seem to like you do have to like other people's lives are also important. It's not just we have to put ourselves first in that situation. Um, Right. So uh, after the break, we'll come back and we'll talk about the coronation uh, this Saturday. So uh, we'll see you in a So, guys, big news. This weekend is a big weekend. How how are we all feeling about the coronation? Big summer blowouts. I know, I'm excited. I want the pims. I can't wait. (laughs) I tell you what, I was actually baffled the first time I found out that coronation chicken comes from coronation. We're going to talk about this. Hold your horses. Sorry, I just want to say, love. Hold your royal horses. I didn't know that either. I found out yesterday. Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. Right, save it. Um, so on Saturday, the 6th of May, 2023, if, in case you're listening to this, in 2025, and you're like, what, the coronation? No, uh, well, there might be another one. Oh, I, I don't know. Anyway. If you um, are listening to this in 2025, hello. How, how are you? <laughs> I was thinking when we were saying the local elections happened yesterday, how funny would it be if someone in the future is listening on the day that the local elections did actually happen yesterday? And that would be funny. If that's you, that would be let so us crazy. know. Um, does Twitter still exist? Like, tweet us if it does. So many things have changed. Anyway, so tomorrow, Saturday, is the coronation of King Charles III. Uh, it's obviously the first coronation that we've ever had. And ever most, had. most people, this is their first ever coronation. So congrats, guys. We Baby's first coronation. <laughs> yeah, it is. And elderly be, people's first coronation. <laughs> I don't think it'll be our last coronation, no. though, I have to say. Um, so yeah, so celebrations are planned all throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Whoa! Before and, you um, get to any celebration talk, oh yeah, I've got some fun facts from Callum. my wonderful brother. Callum, Callum, this is your shout out. Thank yeah, you for this is your shout facts. out. Thank you, Callum, so, for the fun facts. This is a three-parter fact here. Oh, my it's brother, a three. My brother's, it's doing a three-parter. Um, my brother's doing a master's in history, so he decided oh, to give wow, me some knowledge. That's interesting. Love uh, that. The line of monarchs that would lead to the current royal family of today started with King George in King George the First in 1714 to 1727. Wow. He was German by birth, being born in Hanover, and yes. did not um, speak great English like me, uh, making ruling Britain and her empire a challenge. It was during George's first reign that Britain would appoint its first prime minister, Lord Rupert Walpole. And because of this, the power of the British monarchy would begin to decline to the mostly ceremonial role it has today. Uh, unrelated, but Walpole remains the longest reigning British prime minister in history, holding the office for 21 years between Jesus. 1721 and 1742. For context, Tony Blair only held the office for 10 years and Margaret Thatcher Also for context, for 
I'm 21 in August, so he wow. was he was prime minister for my whole life. It's a long, basically. it's a long, it's a long time. I can't remember anything before it. So yeah, the kind of there hasn't been that much buzz around yeah, the coronation. No. I was saying to my family the other day that it feels like the BBC are going harder on Eurovision than they are the coronation. But I suppose maybe that's the same with all of these things. Um, like, just, oh my God, be real! Is it be real? No. Yay! <laughs> Another one. Hell pod yeah. listeners, we, we, we have to do, if be real goes off I'm during going, the pod, going, we yeah. have to do be real. Back from be real. So it doesn't, it doesn't seem like... Yeah, there's some, people don't seem to care that much. And I'm saying that maybe it's because I don't really care that much about <laughs> it. Um, so maybe I'm in a little bubble of not caring. Yeah. But I did see there's a Telegraph advert I saw last night, which was like, it was like, uh, there's a free offer to get three months free of the celebration, uh, of, the cor- um, uh, of the Telegraph, Telegraph. because you want to savour every moment of yeah. the coronation. I was like, is the coronation going to take three months to <laughs> savour? Because I really Telegraph, don't. But I don't think it's that deep because the Telegraph is still emailing me being like, you can have the Telegraph for 1p a month if yeah, you sign so up now. Annoying. So Offers keep getting less and less and That's less. So it's desperate. hilarious. It's funny. It when did they get to the point of paying you to read it? Because at that point, we, we, we get it on that deal. Because uh, I, I would pay. I, I gen- if they paid me... Maybe even like three quid a month. Yeah, I'd do that. That's Telegraph, great. if you're listening. It's enough content out of this. It's not this, worth it. This podcast. <laughs> no, no, but it is some, funny. It is funny. Takes. However. They've had some issues booking performers. This well, is yeah, there's going to be um, a concert on Sunday, I believe. Yeah, Sunday. Oh, there's a concert. I thought it was like Yeah, there's a concert, yeah. Amy. No, I knew there was a concert, but I thought it was following. Oh, no, the, no, no. I think it's the, the concert. It's like the day is Saturday. That's just coronation oh, day. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's all the, the like, parades through London. All the like boring. And then there's the, the big the bit big, is on Sunday and then, then we'll get the day off Monday. Yeah. Lovely. For my sister's birthday, shout out to my sister. Happy birthday. Love that. Ooh, um, happy birthday. But yeah, they've had problems booking performers yeah so like adele the spice girls elton john have all Diana said that they lives won't on. my f- yeah my favorite is the elton john one how hysterical that they asked, asked him. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like okay. famously friends with Diana. Yeah, like li- she literally has a section in his autobiography. Yeah. Like I've read it, I wept. Do you know what I mean, like, yeah. she, like he loved her. Like what? An- Sorry, no comment. It is funny. <laughs> that is funny. But because he used to perform a lot for the Queen, though, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he of was course. Like her her um, not coronation jubilee. jubilee. That's because she's a queer icon. <laughs> um, guys, big news: Ollie Mers is performing at the yes. concert. Which Stop. I saw Ollie Mers at the weekend. Genuinely changed wow. my life. No, 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 no. Have you been yet? No, no, no. Basically, I we had media tickets to go to Ollie Mers <gasps> yeah. because Charlotte, my housemate. Anyone who doesn't know Charlotte? Shout out Charlotte. Shout out Charlotte. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Charlotte. So Mrs. Charlotte Mers. Yeah. That's how she fondly is known. That's she yeah. used to have an Ollie Mers fan page. No Emily and Lucy continue to talk about Ollie Mers for about five minutes. So we're just going to skip past that. No. So Oli Mers is performing. Take That is performing. Um, that's going to be phenomenal. In my opinion, makes the monarchy worthwhile. I will definitely be watching <laughs> that, I won't lie. Um, so, yeah. Celebrations are quite muted and no one seems to... Like, I, I, I say that in the bubble. I don't seem to care that much, but I don't know anyone who I does think, really But also, care. yeah, we're in the bubble of like young students who have got deadlines. Yeah. I wonder, like, older people... Probably. Yeah, there's a street care. party in town actually on yeah. Saturday. I feel like it's Bath's quite a coronation y like a place. The yeah, there's an um, afternoon tea at um, oh, one of the hotels. They're doing a coronation themed afternoon tea. <sighs> Green Park, Sainsbury's, there's bunting everywhere. Yeah, I oh my God, Moreland Road, the state. Yes. Really? I saw that yesterday. Genuinely, yeah. I literally walked down the road with my housemate. She was like, I feel like I'm being hate crime right now. And I was like, girl, 
Me and you both. It's a lot of it's a lot it's a lot of Union Jacks. There's too many of them. Yeah. Um, but there's another side about the protest that will probably come because lots of people are anti the monarchy uh, and don't think it should be a thing. Obviously, this weekend will be a key time to protest that. Uh, the uh, police. The um, Crimes Commission bill has come into force and it comes into force today when you're hearing this mm-hmm. on Friday uh, and it, it just it comes in as the coronation happens the governor said it's just a coincidence it wasn't planned that way um, but basically these laws are uh, supposedly designed to reduce the disruption caused by protests but in reality they allow the police much more power to disband organised protests based on the police's perception of noise and disruption uh, so it just gives gives at least a lot more power to like get rid of protests and i think that this all kind of comes in the wake of obviously the black lives matter protests in 2020 and lots of protests since like especially there was loads of brexit protests and stuff yeah. and i think that these powers come in at a time where it's it just feels like our protest rights are being cramped down upon and it's a quite a dangerous precedent because protest is part of, of our democratic right as you were saying earlier we don't actually have that much say when it comes to the electoral system and the ballot box because there are options in power are not great in this opinion in my opinion on this opinion show uh, so protest is one of the key ways that we can express our voices without you know going to the ballot box and they are the police uh, now have more powers to stop our uh, basically our right to protest which is a uh, you know we might see the first uses of that this weekend with people protesting the monarchy can i say just quickly on the idea of protest just because it links to the topic of free speech, which obviously I am obsessed with. How is it that the government are going to write multiple papers about how freedom of speech is being impinged upon, create a government free speech champion to legislate over free speech and decide what is or isn't a violation of free speech mm-hmm. on campus, um, create woke tests that students have to take so that if they're not woke, they can have discounted tuition fees. So they care so much about free speech and everyone being able to say whatever they want. And yet they're going to stop people from protesting, which is a part of free speech. It genuinely is so mind-boggling that they've said there's a free speech crisis, but then they also don't think that they're contributing to it's not the thing speech, that is isn't it? a free speech it's, crisis. It's insane. It's their views. Yeah, it's just... They want people to yeah, have their views. it's just views. right-wing speech. And people don't want their views. They are annoyed at people. What is the act- their actual reason it? for the protest not being that? Because basically it's their belief in the, their riots and the, the violence is caused and stuff like that. It's just kind of, you know, you don't have to dig too deep to make it into a racist ideology as well. It's, it's, a, it's like... They're basically, they've just given the police power to, I can't remember, there's there's a new measure and the police can basically, if it passes a certain level of disruptiveness, which is like a certain level of noise potentially, the police can shut it down. So people are banging pots and pans Mm. and stuff. It's quite a common form of, you know, when you're walking along in a march, Mm. you're Mm. banging pots and pans with a megaphone shouting, that can be deemed by, depending on the police officer, it's all down to the police officer's discretion. And obviously, protests like... And the police aren't dodgy at all. Exactly, and the police, you know, protests like Black Lives Matter are very focused on the fact that it's police brutality that that you know that that specific obviously structural racism but lots of you know, specifically police brutality and it wouldn't be too hard to imagine a police officer's like I don't really fancy this I'm going to say that it's disruptive and shut it down and it gives the police that power and there's it's passed there's nothing we can do about it and those powers come into force today I'll tell you what if um if it is about like pots and pans included Bulio are going to have an absolute oh <laughs> mental breakdown it. I don't even know what they're going to do that samba band they're yeah. going to crisis they've got a practice session on Sunday what oh is no, going to happen struggling. what is going to happen I went happen? to the May Day um, well it wasn't really a protest but the gathering it was yeah. really really good loved they it they love it they Sorry. do love it it was very good no more um, obviously there's quite a lot of controversy we're going to kind of expand out why do people not really care about the uh 
monarchy and I think that quite a few of us are kind of like I'm not a royalist I'm not a big fan of it am I a republican I don't think I care enough to be a republican yeah. uh, about this but there's lots of kind of I think there's a conversation we need to have about the royal family and we were told we couldn't have the royal, that conversation when the queen just died because we're all in mourning we're not allowed to think about the fact that there's this very very wealthy family and you don't have to go that far back in our history to realize where they got the wealth from and it's not uh, you know through their good deeds it's through you know uh, creating companies that sold slaves to America and Latin America. Uh, and th- and also th- there's the signs of the colonialism within the royal family are really obvious. And one of the key points of that is a cardinal diamond, uh, which is, did I say that right, Amy? I would say Kohinoor. Kohinoor. There we go. Yeah. You kind of got it, yeah. Thanks. And it almost, kind of. Almost got there. Uh, it's, it's just a shiny stone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's, the, it's a part of the crown jewels and it's one of the most yeah. important uh, pieces of the crown jewels and it will not be worn this weekend because of the controversy surrounding it. Mm-hmm. So a brief history of this diamond. It came from Indian mines thousands of years ago. It was sifted from the sand and according to Hindu belief, it was revered by uh, gods like Krishna. Uh, and British colonialists forced a young Indian leader to sign a legal document giving away the Cardinal Diamond uh, and claim all sovereignty um, to, of, to, it, to the United Kingdom. It is a symbol of the British Empire and colonialism, and it symbolises stealing the wealth and resources of from, you know, our, our empire was a third of the world. And the British Museum is a further example of this, containing thousands of artefacts from other nations. And I think it's a piece of this larger puzzle of we don't reckon with our history and the mm-hmm. fact that we are wealthy the reason that we celebrate in lavish ways like this is because the wealth that the united kingdom has comes from the slave trade from colonialism there's so many of these things we don't talk about them and i think you can't separate at some point we're going to have to have a conversation about why is the royal family so wealthy why do they get to wear pieces of like um, indian hindu culture uh, on in their crown jewels when we've stolen that and that was taken through blood and you know from through colonialism and why do they get to wear that they shouldn't there's no right to to it there yeah james acaster does a really great bit about the british museum highly recommend i will put the link somewhere <laughs> oh, is, is this all about um like <laughs> how it's like there's like what we've got one piece of like even like a, like a roman temple and then you'd go to it in rome and it's like there's like a statue missing it's like oh yeah because it's at the british museum yeah exactly <laughs> and it's like the feet of it are at the british museum it's, it's unbelievable it's and then insane. people were like making videos about it as well i saw on tiktok and they were like ha like so funny you're not getting it back and i was just like like no, that's not the hot take to have. Like, yeah. you're, like you're on the wrong side. It's like it's not funny. That, it's, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it it's was, not like this funny it was little stolen thing. From you. Yeah, uh, the British <laughs> Museum is filled with the least amount of British stuff. stuff. It's so funny. I always thought like, that as a child. I was baffled. I was like, uh, okay. It should be that everything <laughs> but on? British Museum. Mm. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's it's um, the royal family is is quite something, and I I don't know. I just kind of feel a kind of. I just don't really care. I th- I, I'm slightly exhausted by it because it's like something happens with them. Mm-hmm. Then there's something else and there's something else. It's like, okay, just, yeah. right, just like be, yeah. be quiet. And also I think especially this year there is the comparison being made between the royal family and then also people, you know, all the news stories about the cost of living crisis, people struggling to choose between mm-hmm. heating and eating, all these things. And it does feel a bit like kind of a bad time for all this like lavishness and wealth to just be shoved down people's throats it's just so out of touch with the environment that everyone else is living in Mm. um yeah 
Also, yeah. just coming back to the British Museum, did a little bit of reading yesterday. Um, in 2010, on a state visit to India, David Cameron actually said that the diamond would have to stay put because if you say yes to one, you would have to say yeah, yes to exactly. everyone. Which and then like you would find the British Museum to be empty. Which is like, yeah. I think that's good. the point. And then that's maybe we can need. start getting our own culture. Exactly. Any thoughts? No. <laughs> Speaking of our own culture, we have dropped. A new recipe has been, has been dropped. Oh, yeah. oh, the royal dish is a coronation quiche. Which, um... <laughs> is it a coronation chicken quiche? No, no. So they really messed up. This there. is the thing. So I was googling, and I was like, "Well, surely I, is a coronation dish a tradition? Like, there's been a lot of coronations, right? We've mm. all heard the horrible histories, kings and queens song. There's a lot we have. to choose from. So I was thinking each person was going to have a dish, and then I thought, oh, this can be a fun little bit for this. Turns out it's not actually really a thing. So um, obviously this coronation, coronation quiche. Then uh, the queen had had. Um, coronation chicken was actually invented as a kind of it was so it was um i think it was invented now this might be wrong but like might be fake news but i i don't know anyway i think this is the truth was invented for um kind of diplomats coming over from other countries as a kind of way to like merge cultures so like no coronation way. chicken that's why it's kind of a bit spicy because like obviously us brits are not <laughs> it's got some cinnamon yeah, in it no it's got some seasoning it's also it's not dry because it's got sauce as well there you go. <laughs> so, so they were trying to appeal to um foreign diplomats from abroad and so that's where the coronation chicken came from then before that there was not really a dish until like Queen Victoria, the Victoria sponge was invented for hey. Queen oh, really? Victoria. But apart from that, there's only really been three dishes. But I think together, if you have like, if you have some coronation chicken, some coronation quiche and a Victoria sponge, quite a balanced meal. I was gonna mm. say coronation chicken and Victoria sponge are like iconic mm. levels. Yeah. But what about Charlie Sausage Fingers then? What is in this quiche? Right. What's so, so special about it's it? It's just like, oh, it's not if you say it's ham and cheese, honestly, the French are going to sue. Please <laughs> don't. Please don't come at me with in that. In a minute, we are we are actually going to do, uh, we've got a recipe. Yeah, we're going to read it out. Um, to, uh, so stay tuned for that. But it is, it's just kind of quiche with, yeah. with it's just spinach and beans. And it's is boring. It a, a vegetarian quiche? Yeah, that's maybe that's um, symbolic of Sausage Fingers' now, commitment to now, changing now, the environment. Nigel Farage had a take on this, right? Uh, he <laughs> Remember was, him? He He's called it a woke quiche. He was really, really, <laughs> genuinely, he was really, really pissed off about how environmentally friendly we're trying to be with this coronation. And he said, this is a quote, they have produced the most uninspiring, politically correct, dish this country has ever produced. Brilliant. Now, how can a quiche be politically correct? Also, mm. he was calling it a vegan quiche. Yeah. It's, um, it's got egg in it. As Does a vegan, know what quiche is? <laughs> as a vegan, this quiche has cheese, egg, milk? and cream in it, and uh, milk. Yeah, it's not vegan. We don't eat those things, um, so it's not a vegan quiche. Um, that one of the key ingredients within this quiche are broad beans. Jacob Rees-Mogg, the MP for this constituency of Bath and North East Somerset, uh, has said that he thinks that broad beans are loathsome, mm. um, and I think that we all think he is loathsome on this podcast. I just think the outrage about this quiche is quite funny, but also I don't agree with Nigel Farage a lot, but I don't think it's a very inspiring dish, but I just want to know how it can be politically correct. How can you have a politically correct well, quiche? Yeah, these days you can have anything to be politically correct, but... What's a politically incorrect quiche? I think like? a politically incorrect... Ooh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's... To be fair, one thing I would say about broad beans is that I don't really like them. I used to swallow them as a child. They're not, they're not loathsome. But <laughs> at the end of the day... I, I walked into Sainsbury's the other day, I picked up a copy of The Sun, I took a photo of it for you, oh, and um, the front cover, we've got 
75 years made the king, and right below it says, Brits say no to woke. Oh, fantastic. And Sir Softy Blast about oh. um, Keir Starmer. So I think that that's it. What they're really saying is, it's not the quiche that's oh, the problem. It's, it's the woke culture in right. general problem. Brits say no to woke. They say no to woke quiche. We don't want Get that woke quiche. We don't want your politically correct I think food. the fact that the coronation dish isn't like meat and two veg is the, the thing that they're like against. But it's Victoria Sponge isn't meat. Um, I just think it's... There's meat in a Victorian no, joke. I just think <laughs> it's rubbish. I think it's a, I think it's a rubbish I, I agree quiche. it's a shit. It's a rubbish, shit dish. Yeah. But like, Stupid it's not... It's, it's so boring. Politically correct. I'm not being funny. It? I think even the wokest of woke would say that's a boring quiche. Yeah. A quiche, a quiche, like, a quiche is not a, is not and I think a funky a quiche like, is just a shit something part, with avocado it? okay maybe but like <laughs> a quiche now we're talking <laughs> they should have just utilised Charlie for what he is sausages <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sausage rolls sausage rolls like a beautiful mm. you know what you could do is you could get like different spices and herbs i.e. not salt and pepper mum um, and <laughs> you can put them into the make the sausage mix so then it's like you could have different types of sausage rolls like from around the world See, like, that oh, would be vegan we, because we you could make them vegan different countries I like it. Here, do you know what I mean like yeah. you have a vegan one a yeah. vegan a vegan I just don't, vegan. Do you know what I mean oh, it's yeah. just ridiculous bland dry food anyway do you yeah. have another fun fact for us I, I you know what I bloody well do <laughs> uh, so <laughs> the current reigning royal house of the UK, the House of Windsor, is a branch of the royal house of Saxe, Corburg and Gotha. Saxe, Corburg and Gotha are also the royal house behind the current Belgian royal family, currently headed by King Philip. So the royal families in the UK and Belgium are part of the same noble house. It's King lovely. George V, Kaiser Wilhelm II of Germany <laughs> and Tsar Nicholas II of Russia, who were all pa- in power during World War II, were first cousins through Queen Victoria. So during World War I, George Nicholas were essentially fighting their own cousin. Yeah. And there were yeah, telegrams between like Wilhelm and oh, Nic- really? Tsar Nicholas, the Willy Nicky telegrams being like, don't start a war, don't start a war, cousin, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I was going to say a few like years before there was a photo taken of all of them yeah. stood together. It's yeah. actually really interesting because then after and I that think they just started fighting. Like Georgian, Georgian, the Tsar used to like change outfits at dinner parties because mm. they look very similar like prank people but people, s- people say that George has blood in his hands though because of um, the family being killed yeah of they were to help him. and then they um, they had soldiers come in and say they were going to help them and allegedly it's so so bad yeah um, Callum you've sparked quite the little conversation well done, Callum. good shout out um, uh, just on the monarchy it's obviously quite a crucial role in our society legally it has the, all the power every single bill that gets passed through House of Commons has to be given royal assent uh, I always forget about that uh, and obviously the figure of our, our society and I can't find this whole thing quite upsetting that we're going to spend billions of pounds changing the currency like it's going to happen why <laughs> also we're going to have to change it again exactly in and in like years. in like five years we'll do it fingers. again yeah um Jolly. There's got to be a sausage. Is this treason? Am I going to end up in the Tower of London? I think this has been a really pro. I am literally going to report you to prevent. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about it. Um, Right. So before before we go, we've 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 developed a little recipe uh, for a coronation quiche, Mm -hmm. uh, which we're we're gonna like we're gonna interlude. If you want to have a little quiche break, bust out your bacon, get ready. Because okay. um, Emily's going to give yeah, you the you recipe. Get your pots and pans ready because you're going to learn how to make a quiche. Don't bang on them too loudly, Any though. The police style. will get you. <laughs> exactly. Bang them very quietly inside <laughs> the comfort of your own homes, please, people. Hi, everyone. This is a quiche interlude where we're going to teach you how to make a quiche fit for a royal this weekend. This dish is a firm classic, despite only being made up last week, and it's sure to have your family asking for more. Much like the royals and taxpayers' money. First, you need your pastry. 
We recommend using some passed down through your family for generations, preferably some that had significant value to the Ghanaian people before being stolen from them. If this is hard to source, Shortboard does the, does the trick too. Line your dish. Holly and Phil, don't skip this one. <laughs> Put it into blind bake. Turn a blind eye, like we all have to the fact that the king once said he wanted to be his wife's tampon. <laughs> Meanwhile, mix the eggs that you can't buy because we left the EU. And in the words of Farage, the, rogue royal, the, <laughs> the woke royals wanted a vegan dish. So now's the time to add the milk, cream and cheese to the eggs. <laughs> In the heart of this cost of living crisis, time is money. That's why we're using tarragon instead. Incorporate this with your spinach and beans. Next, beet. Take inspiration from Stanley Johnson. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> we went this together, but it's still funny. <laughs> then, pour on top of the blind baked pastry. It may look a mess, but don't sweat this step. See Prince Andrew's guide for more detail on that. <laughs> Bake until golden. Use Carrie Simmons wallpaper as a reference. <laughs> That's the end of the recipe. Yeah. So fantastic. Will okay, right. Shall we making? Will shall we making? And when we come back, we will be playing my game that I've made. With Hello, welcome back to Any Politics. Right. I've made the game this week because I thought I'm taking matters into Uh-oh. my own hand. It's dangerous because normally Samaya makes great games and my mum sometimes comes through and makes great games. Shout out to mum. But what yes, is Ange. the game this week? Basically, I'm going to give you a reaction to something. I'm going to give you what they said. And then I'm going to give you a multiple choice to figure out which, what's the cause of this reaction. And then you've got to try and get from A to B. You've got to try and explain. Put your right wing nutter hats on and try and get to <laughs> Mine's already the reaction <laughs> from the cause of it. Okay. And everyone will get a chance. We'll do it as a group to try and guess which is the um, one together. You can work as a team to try and work out the flow chart of ways to get to the outrage, if that makes sense. So you're giving us a, like, a, uh, I'm going to quote your reaction. And then okay. you, I'm going to give you three options for what the cause of the reaction was. And you've got yeah. to try and figure out how to get from the cause that okay. you select to the reaction. Got and it. It's the easiest place to, to try it out like that. So what is a liberal ploy to make people dependent on the government? Is it A, transgender penguins at <laughs> London Zoo? B, the welfare state? Or is it C, black actress playing the Little Mermaid? Can you just say at the beginning, what is a liberal what, what, what? Uh, what is a liberal ploy? This is a quote. Liberal ploy to make people dependent on the government. I'm just going to go for the most unhinged to see. You reckon it's black actress playing the Little Mermaid? Yeah. People, so it's Penguins, people. Little Mermaid or... The welfare state. Well, I think the welfare state is probably too obvious because... Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. This make is people difficult. Dependent on I'm government. going Penguins. You're going Ooh. Penguins? Alicia, what's your guess? You know what? I, my heart says that it's black person playing Little Mermaid. But I might I might just go with Welfare State just because... Just, just to make it up. A bit of diversity. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're going for... Uh, Amy's going for C, Black yeah. Actress. You're going... Um, Lucy's going for Welfare State. I'm yeah. Emily's going for Transgender Penguins. Emily, you are correct. Yay! No so, okay. how so do Transgender out. Penguins mean... Me make the people dependent on the government. I've got a flowchart on the Okay, document. let me have a little <laughs> think. Oh so, um, <laughs> I'm thinking... Right, Penguins... The children um, will I'll tell come you what, there are one, two, three, four, 
five, and that's six, gonna make seven them steps in the seven. Seven, seven, seven. Are you joking? Right. Okay. I'll give you the first. What? Okay, okay, what's the give, first one. give us the first one. Um, are we starting with penguins and getting to dependent on the so water? Can I g- I'll give you the brief of the story. So basically, I'll, I'll explain the okay. penguins' story and see if you can get there from there. So the, there is now transgender penguins at London Zoo. Basically, what happened is we don't know what gender penguins are until they basically get into adulthood. Gender is a construct we <laughs> place upon penguins, right? This is what the biologists <laughs> are saying. Yeah. And what people at London Zoo were doing is they were giving penguins like names, like a like gendered names, like Fred for for a male penguin, even though we don't know what gender yeah. is because gender is constructed, right? So what they've started doing is not giving the penguins names that confine to a gender until we so see like what biological sex they are yeah. once they grow up. It's completely reasonable, Sprinkles. completely normal. Bacon. So that's why there's the... Tra- that's and now a cute name There is now a transgender penguin because there's no gender assigned to the penguin, if that makes sense, at London Zoo. How does this lead to people being reliant on the government? <sighs> <laughs> so at the zoo... I don't know. Have have you been to London Zoo? Anyone? No. It not. It does. I've not been in quite a few years. I used to frequent the zoo every now and then. The the penguins local. bit is is delightful. Um, I so I give you the first step in the flowchart. Yeah. So, <laughs> children raised without assumed gender, which means that traditional gender roles are destroyed. Oh. Okay. That means that. Women may not stick to the kitchen. Um, Is it something to do with like childcare and yeah? Future? So men might be stuck at home looking after the kids and in the kitchen, which means that no, no one's doing the work. Yeah, no, both parents are working, so then um, they're going to be dependent on the state for like childcare and um, and because childcare is very expensive, the government are going to have to pay out more in childcare, and therefore. Couples are dependent on the state for their children being looked after because both people are working. I'm going to give it to you because you're very, very close. So the flow chart goes. uh, So transgender penguins at London Zoo, uh, which means that children, it's going to lead people to raise their children without gender, which means it's going to destroy traditional gender roles, which means gendered relationships are going to be destroyed, which means traditional marriage is going to be destroyed, which means the family unit is going to be destroyed. When people aren't dependent on their families, what are they dependent on? The The government. That's how you get from transgender penguins. And, well, hey. and the section ends with her literally saying, don't let transgender penguins fool you. She's <laughs> <laughs> just an old time. I was fooled. Look, bacon may look cuddly and cute, <laughs> exactly. but secretly he's, he's, got, he's got something dark. Exactly. He's, he's got an agenda. He's trying to get you to, to be done with the government. So there you go. That, that's how the game works. Uh, what is as illiberal as you can get? Is it making Jeff Bezos pay taxes? Is it Tony Danker's res- resignation from the CBI? Or is it not paying for Twitter Blue? What is as illiberal as you can get? CBI. Taxes. Twitter Blue. Twitter Blue is correct. <gasps> so how, how is Twitter not paying $8 for Twitter yeah. Blue? As illiberal as you can get. It's a team. You can all go together. Because it's it's quite a hard question, I understand. There are four. Okay, so you're not paying to be verified. So people don't know that you are actually you. Mm. So Twitter Blue, I'll I'll, I'll define. Twitter Blue is is, uh, how Elon Musk is trying to make Twitter profitable. Uh, He's made it so you have to pay for verification now, which is a little blue tick, which basically says you are who you say you are. So people can pay to have the little tick next to the name. And uh, lots of people are now not paying for it because they don't want to pay for Elon Musk and whatever the fuck he's doing with Twitter. People also are not paying and he has paid for them himself because he wants them to be But then it looks like they've paid for Twitter Blue, which people are like, this is slander, don't say that I've paid for your service. So how is that... May, how is not paying for it 
So someone refusing to pay for it as a liberal as you can. I'll give you the first one because apparently $8 democratizes Twitter. Does it? So you are not supporting democracy by not paying. But how does it democratize it? Is there a mention of communism? Like... No, but it, it's it's it. Is, is it saying it, that if similarly if, implied? I was just going to say fake news media. Like you don't know who's real and you're who's the right way. who's the false. Right way. And so if you're not paying for Twitter Blue, you're promoting then that fake means news. that you could be writing fake news and people don't know the truth and it might be misinformation or disinformation. Even worse. You're close. So you're close. You're really close. And the fake so news media continues. I'm going to give it to you there because basically the flow chart goes $8 democratizes Twitter because it protects free speech from advertisers and those who wish to boycott. Huh? Opposing the fee is arguing against giant, uh, it's arguing that giant corporations should have a say over free speech. Therefore it's as a liberal as you can get. Why are they so obsessed with free speech? Quick question, <laughs> shut up. I hear that word one more time. <laughs> is it eight pounds to be verified for the rest of your life? No, it's eight pounds no, a month. No, it's like a month. A month! It's insane. I was going to say, let's verify A&E politics just for the shits and gigs, but like, absolutely not. Surely no. you could say the opposite though, that it's, it's illiberal because it means that people can't freely share and express ideas without being called fake news because they're not verified yeah. do you know what i mean it's like yeah. it's like yeah basically saying that you need to pay in order to be yeah like of of no and also like that's going to marginalize so many people it just saying that basically if you pay for it then your what happens with just blue is your your speech gets amplified so it's saying that you protect freedom of speech because you can pay and then the people can't boycott you because you're 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 elevated on that platform you anyway just, you just ignore marginalized communities I'm and also people who can't afford to yeah. pay well, exactly, I'm also pretty sure that you can make like I can make an account saying that I'm Hillary Clinton and then pay the eight dollars and, and no one checks. Hillary Clinton, yeah. And then that's, that's I been can quite put, a yeah. few issues with, with exactly. impersonations on Twitter. That's just so most, that is so unbelievably stupid. It's Why are we having these debates? Can I just ask a question? <laughs> a question. Yeah. There are people dying. There are people dying in this country, around the world. There are people who don't have water, don't have food, living in war zones, don't have education access, don't have access to abortion, don't have access to fucking condoms for fuck's sake and we're sat here and we're just like why are people saying these stupid things it makes me <laughs> genuinely i'm just like i cannot believe that yeah. this is something that is going on in the world people talking about paying eight dollars for a stupid blue tick that doesn't mean anything How and it's being given like so much space for discussion like it's yeah a, like a, so many people are talking about it's it it's like word we're talking about it's it word yeah. pollution yeah. No, but when, we do it, when we do it we're just not like the other girls when they do it it's <laughs> word pollution <laughs> have we been talking about this for longer than we spoke about sudan that's the question let's, let's <laughs> quickly move on uh, <laughs> uh the last one what will the people of britain pay the price for is it rob's sacking is it letting <laughs> is it letting gary lineker back on the bbc or is it biden not coming to the coronation it is Ooh. Gary Lineker Gary every Lineker. day, yeah, my Gary BBC Lineker. boy. <laughs> You're actually all wrong. It's not no. Gary Lineker. Which one is it? Dominic Robb. Dominic Robb being oh, sacked. Why is... would we pay the price? That man said that feminism is like cancer or something. Yeah, what? he's not the feminist. That man also <laughs> uh, has no, when he was asked power. if he was a feminist, he went, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> um, so how, how, so it's Gary, Rob sacking. How are we paying the price? People of Britain, uh, how are we paying the price? Because he's a brilliant mind of our generation. Yeah. Can I just say all of my research <laughs> came okay. from the letter he wrote in the Telegraph. Right, so he was so the justice. From his own is he say, so he said is that. This, <laughs> this is what he said. This okay, is what so he, he said. said you are paying the price for me being a bully. Yes. Right, got it. So, um, is it something to do with the fact that he was justice? Secretary? No, nothing to do oh, with. Okay, his oh, I was going to say something about like him keeping it's crime rates. It's to do with now. the way that he was 
like I, the investigation and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's so is that. it is it that now managerial staff are going to be too scared to be harsh on their employees? So then pro, uh, productivity is going to decrease and then growth is going to decrease because um, everyone's not being harsh enough and yeah. economics will collapse. I'm going to give it to you. So are you like secretly right wing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I fucking love a flowchart. Um. But also economics is basically taking one fucking mental idea yeah. and another and then linking them somehow yeah. so i feel like my brain is just wired to like this. come up so with these links how is rob sacking uh the making people pay the price uh complaints were submitted in a coordinated way this, these complaints were warped and fueled by fabricated accounts hr guidance doesn't apply when you're an mp uh and he didn't have an opportunity to respond before the investigation that this whole thing has mean, meant that the threshold for bullying in government has been reduced so people are less inclined to be critical of their staff therefore less good policy will come out of government and therefore the people will suffer you know what? All you have to do with any of these is say the word woke, yep. say the word freedom of speech, and then you've sort of got a link. I feel like that's all the only thing it is. <laughs> yeah. like that's the only thing on their minds. It's some mad shit, isn't the it? Wokeness, but, um, the wokeness, the wokerati. And like you said, Lucy, like there are actual problems going on. There and, are. And what we're actually paying the price for. I don't know if you've realised it. We're, we've started because to pay the, the living price. We are paying the price we're for heating. Damn, we're I'm already paying, paying the, price. the price for Dominic Raab's sacking. And I think, you know, the world's worse because of it. We're all suffering out here because... My feminist icon. <laughs> Nothing but respect. Uh, yeah, so that that is today's show. I really, really enjoyed that game. Thank that you. That was Adam. lovely. Thanks, I had to really it's think. Genuinely as well. spent. I went to the Voyager building on like Thursday morning last week, and I was supposed to do two hours of uh, essay. I did twenty-two minutes of essay, and the rest <laughs> of it was this. Love. This it was worth way it. Way more fun. So good for me to do. But yeah. Wait. So. Have you done all of Callum's fun facts? Oh. Oh. I don't think I have actually. Dun, 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 Look at dun, that. Dun. Callum, I've got one more fun fact from you. Uh, Britain holds the second and ninth place for the longest reigning monarchs in history Elizabeth II and Victoria, respectively. That's Louis right. Was Elizabeth one of them. is the uh, second longest reigning monarch in history, being beaten by King Louis, the. Oh, is that 14th of France, who reigned for 72 years compared to Elizabeth's 70. Oh, that being so said, sad. Elizabeth is the longest reigning female monarch yeah. in history and the longest reigning British monarch, a record, a record she's likely to hold for a very long time. I'm loving Lizzie. these facts. Callum, thank you so much. Thank Feel you, free Callum. to send me some monarchy facts just throughout my life. Because like, <laughs> I'm living for these. Because these are like bringing back my love of horrible histories. Horrible history there, <laughs> I'm going to go watch the monarch song right as right now charles the second king of bling let's go um yeah so that's that's our show today thank you for listening enjoy yeah. your coronation weekend if you're protesting remember to be quiet with your key <laughs> yeah put your uh, pants away and make a quiche you know celebrate uh yeah thank you emily for being here oh you're most welcome i'll be here next week hopefully thank you lucy Oh, thank you for having me. It's been lovely. Lots of chatting shite, as per usual for me, but <laughs> <laughs> Lovely it. to have you back. And Amy, thank you for debuting on the show. Thank you very much. It has been an honor. You're welcome back anytime. I know, I'm excited. Anytime. I hope Amy's you coronation back. pod today. Oh, look at that. There you go. That's look a good name. That. That's a good name for the episode. Right, amazing. Uh, thank you. See you all soon. Bye. Another week has passed, another podcast has been recorded, and another week that I forgot to record the credits whilst we we're actually in the room. So, um, here we are again. Uh, Any Politics is hosted by Adam Wright and Emily Gray, with today's guest hosts being Amy Joy and Lucy Atchison. Any Politics is produced by Adam Wright, with contributors Samir Ali and Thomas Lowe and Emily Gray. Any Politics is a University Radio Bath production.